Welcome to your Life and Restaurant Podcast, the podcast of restaurant owners, by restaurant owners, for restaurant owners, where together we discover a better life, balance, and profits. Here is your host, Jose Pepe Lamas. Welcome, my restaurant heroes. Welcome to another episode of the Your Life and Restaurant Podcast. I have a great episode for you today. It's about the importance of having an employed handbook. We talked a lot about professionalizing your business. I talked about that a little bit in past podcasts where billionaire told one guy what he needed to do and he told him the number one thing you need to do is professionalize your business and every time a billionaire opens and gives advice we listen shut our mouth and we listen so professionalize your business and one way to professionalize your business is by having an employee handbook even if you're a small tiny restaurant you still need to have an employee handbook that needs to be given on the onboarding process. So we're going to talk about this employee handbook, what's in my employee handbook, so I could give you examples and something that needs to be in your employee handbook and how you can best go about creating one of these documents for your business so you're able to hand it down when you onboard. And and even now, if you don't have one, it's is you have to create one and then give one to your current employees. Because that's kind of what we did. We didn't have one. We created ours maybe about eight years ago. We didn't have one at all. And we went into the process of creating one. And now we have one. And every new person gets it and and signs it. And when we... At the time, we had every all the new employees handed one out and obviously signed the acknowledgement form. But before I go start, I want to just do a disclaimer that I am not a lawyer and I'm not giving you legal advice. So, of course, consult this with a legal professional. Okay, so what do we need to have in, in, in this employee handbooks? And I'm going to go through a couple things and as I said, what's on mine. One of the most important things to have is the it's a section where you say that you're in an at-will state. It's an at-will job. At-will means basically that the employee can leave whenever they want and you can also let them go whenever you want. So you're not bound by any contract. You're not. It's an at-will. So we're both here on our will, but we can leave the job whenever we want or they, we can ask them to leave whenever we want. This is something that gets a little bit muddy, but you need to have it in there. That that's, It's got to be in there in every employee handbook for sure. And I know you might be saying, it's like, well, employees quit on me all the time and they don't give me notice and all that. I know that. And, and it's kind of those things where for us employees, for employers, we kind of have that bad side where we need to establish costs 
for a firing, even though we're saying they're at will, but we still, especially in California, you need to have a cause to employ to fire that. And usually that becomes by having a good discipline process where you have established cause for this employee, whether he's underperforming or bad behavior or whatever. But you need to have that, even though I know you have in your handbook that you're an at-will employer. But in California, and I'm sure other states, you really need need to look into that, uh, whether how you can let employees go. But this needs to be in your handbook for sure. Make sure you have that in there. Also, you need to have an acknowledgement of receipt form, meaning when you hand this them their notebook, they need you to you need to have a form in there where they have say I acknowledge receiving this document and I understand what it says and I agree to it and I sign and I sign and that's something you need to keep as part of the paperwork as part of your onboarding. But you know how you create a file for every employee where you have your W-4 and your I-9 and whatnot, you also need to have this employee acknowledgement form that they received an employee handbook. So you need to have that in there, an acknowledgement of receipt form. Also in that handbook, you need to have certain things. These are all legal things. As I said, I'm not a lawyer. Get legal advice when you're doing this. But these are stuff that needs to be in there at will you need to have acknowledgement that they received it. You also need to put in there that you're an equal, your equal opportunity statement and your anti-harassment statement. That needs to go in there as well because, as you know, there are protected classes. These are classes that we cannot discriminate. You cannot discriminate a person based on these classes, and they are protected. So, for example, in California, we have the protected classes include race, color, religion, sex, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, marital status, military condition, national origins, disability, and age. Some, so somewhere that coming up should always look into your specific state. There's federal law and then there's state law. You should always look at your state law as a general rule of thumb because things are different between states. So the ones, I said every state has different protected classes. They're almost all the same, but as I said, look into your state just to make sure. And you have to have that in there that you can't discriminate based based on that. And obviously an anti-harassment statement as well. Also in there, you need to type your FMLA, Family Medical Leave Act, where employees have up to three months to take take a medical leave if they, for example, pregnancy, or even the father could take pregnancy leave, or you you need to take care of a, a sick relative, a child, or a parent, or, or anything like that. So you need to have that. That's usually three months that they could leave with of unpaid leave they need to get that or if you pay them that's your policy also in there you need to talk about workers comp and you need to talk about disability as well that's something that needs to be included what happens when you get hurt on the job how will workers comp uh, be affected uh, one of the things we we also have in there is, is uh, 
what hospitals to take them, right? If somebody gets a cut, where are they going to go? Where do I take them? So you need to look at all that depending on, <clears throat> on your insurance of, of workers' comp. Obviously, if it's an emergency, then you take call 911 and take them to the soonest, soonest hosp- uh, nearest hospital. Another thing that must be in um, this employee handbooks, you need to have in there, for example, what constitutes full-time, what constitutes part-time, what constitutes overtime, how much is overtime pay, double overtime pay. You need to have in there your sick pay, your sick pay um, policy. Here in California, they... they just recently, not so long ago, they started. There has to be sick pay. We just did the. We just gave them twenty four hours of sick pay every year. There's another way that they accrue sick pay. They accrue sick pay based on hours work. But for us, we got recommended to just don't mess with it. Do a safe harbor type of thing. Just give them 24 hours of sick pay every single, to every employee every single year. And we're on the clear with that policy. As I said, that's something that you need to think about what works for your business. Also, you need to, if you give vacation or time off, it needs to be included. For example, vacation is something that's not mandatory at this time here in California. It might be in the future. I don't know. You never know with the politics. But if you have vacation pay, you need to put that in there. So, for example, us currently, we do offer vacation pay. And it's for employees thirty with 35 hours or more. So, if you work for us 35 hours a week or more, you average 35 hours a week or more, we pay you one week pay. And so if you work for us part-time, then we don't pay you when you go on vacation. You could go on vacation. You could ask for time off. And most likely, we'll give it to you. We'll get your days covered. But if you don't work over 35 35 or more hours, we will not pay you that week. So we have employees, for example, have a lot of service that they just get their shifts covered and they go on vacation. That's absolutely fine, but they know they're not getting paid for, for those hours. And I have another server that, let's say, they asked me, formally asked me, hey, I'm going on vacation. Let's get my shifts cover. Then, yes, they're not getting tips, but at least when they come back, they have been paid their hours of work, full-time work. That's something that we do. Again, you don't have to do that. But if you do, it needs to be in this employee handbook. Vacation, sick pay, time off. Other things that we can put in there is benefits. Benefits, the other additional benefits that you give, health insurance, so this, for example, dental, anything like that, 401k. So in California now, if you have five or more employees, every employer is required to have to enroll employees in a 401k plan, whether it be the state run, which is called CalSavers, or... Through private, a lot we're doing it through ADP, and a lot of employer employee employers are going that route because it's a little easier if you already have ADP. They help you with that. It's easy to enroll, and you get that plan going. 
And this is also, I want to take a little time to talk about this since we're hitting on the sub subject. It's very important that if you have a retirement plan, you are an employee of your corporation. So it's good that you yourself also have, as, a, as an owner, as a, as a worker of that corporation, you have a 401k as well, and you are contributing into that. So it's very important. Maybe I'll do a podcast more about retirement and how I can work in a, in a restaurant business and I could go more into detail. But if you have one and if you're in California and you have five more employees, you need to have one. Make sure you also are contributing to that. So that's also something you can have in there or any other benefits you give out there. For example, we like to give all our team members a $40 credit for family and friends every single month so for example if the cook's family or the server's family or the dishwasher's friends come over they have for a 40 dollar credit that they can use again this is extra this is not required by law this is just benefits that we like to give away another thing that needs to be in your employee handbook is breaks and meals this is also very technical, very legal. For example, in California, if they work more than six hours, they are enti they're entitled to a 30-minute break and 30-minute lunch break and a 10-minute break. So the 10-minute paid and 30-minute unpaid. So things like that need to be in your employee handbook. Again, look at the state of where you have your restaurant and when you're doing business. But it needs to be also in the employee handbook that they know they get a 30-minute if you work over 6 hours unpaid and then 10-minute if you work between 6 hours. Look into all that stuff. Another thing that's also need to be included, it's how often do you pay? Do you pay weekly? Do you pay bi-weekly? Do you pay every Friday? Do you pay the 5th and the 20th? You need to put the how often are you pay and when does the week Start when when does the if you pay bi-weekly as we do, we have there when does the week start and when does it end? And also when do you get your check? So we pay every two weeks on Thursday and you need to outline. We pay bi-weekly, we pay on Thursday, and this is when the week starts and this is when the week ends. Another thing that needs to be in there is your discipline and termination policies. So, for example, if you leave your job or if you get fired and stuff like that needs to be included there. It's also very legal sensitive. So it's very good to get counsel on all of this. Even when it helps when you're doing an employee handbook to work to somebody that understands the laws and they will be better at guiding you to making, have the right words, having a good, solid employee handbook. Other things that are less legal less technical you can say is stuff such as the dress code the dress code how you expect them to come dress cooks busboys servers dishwashers uh, hair length tattoo policies jewelry policies color policies maybe you can only wear black or white or you always need to have the logo you also need to have a general good code of conduct conduct policies that you know you will arrive on time. You will try to give uh, reasonable notice, 
stuff like that that also needs to be included. Any uh, something else that I'm thinking right now that it's in there it should be your if you're if you have cameras uh, a a recording a video re- release form so where there no there there are cameras and uh, in public places where they actually you need them it af- they're for the benefit of the business and they're acknowledging to sign that they are being recorded. Obviously, you can't put cameras in private places such as the bathrooms and uh, locker rooms, stuff like that, where there's a reasonable expectation of privacy. But in other areas, such as in prep areas, dining areas, you can put cameras. And it's good to have this in there as well, that they're really, that they're a consent form for for videoing. So these are things that need to be in your employee handbook. And as I was saying earlier, you need to, we need to become more professional. Professionalize our business is one of the goals. We got to do what big businesses do. You want to be a big business? You want to grow? You got to do what big businesses do how big businesses grow and any and you go you go buy you go work for google right they're gonna have an employee handbook you go work work for mcdonald's right they're gonna have an employee handbook you go work for any of the big chains out there chick-fil-a in and out they're going to have an employee handbook and i can almost guarantee that all this stuff that i'm talking about it's in that handbook obviously they have more money they have more more power to create this, but you yourself can also create one. There's templates online. I would suggest investing in it and hiring a legal professional to help you with this, which is what we did. And it helped us out tremendously because again, all this that I talked about, I'm not a lawyer. You need to look for help regarding this legal counsel to create an employee handbook. But I want you to get from this podcast is to start thinking about it if you don't have one. Revise one if you have one and because you need to revise your handbook constantly a year or two because things change. You know, things change. Especially after COVID, you definitely need to revise it after COVID. So you need to see what's going on, what's changed, if you need to make addendums and stuff. But if you don't have one, my goal is for you to start thinking about how can I get one? And then more importantly, actually go out and do an employee handbook for your small restaurant. So the next time you hire somebody, I have a handbook. Here it is. And you look more professional. You're already setting the tone that this is a serious business. We take things seriously here because business is serious. Your restaurant is serious. It's your life. It's serious stuff. Maybe for others it's not, but for you, if you're a restaurant hero, you know this is serious stuff. With this, we come to an end for today's podcast, Restaurant Heroes. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope you learned something new. 
And more importantly, I hope you put it into practice. Again, as I always say at the end of every show, if you think somebody else can get value from this podcast, I would appreciate if you share it with others. I appreciate the likes. I appreciate the downloads. It gives me the fuel to keep going, as I always say. Without further ado, I wish you great health, great life, and great restaurant. Onward we go. Onward we go.